So our scripture today is out of Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will be will perform this. Okay, so just in opening, I did a quick recon, and I think most of you do know who I am, but if you don't know who I am or you've forgotten my name, I'm nervous. I mean, Anarita. <laughs> Um, I do just want to say that my English is like airtime. It runs out. Um, so if I do somewhere fumble over my words or my grammar is not as sorry for the gram- grammar Nazis, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I am also the mommy to the one making all the noise. I do it in advance apologize for it. She will also be making a mess, probably. And I'm married to the handsome guy who led us in worship. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, my topic for today, as you can see on the PowerPoint, uh, (laughs) is Prince of Peace. (laughs) Yeah, so um, normally there would be something, so use your imagination, put on your imagination hat, and then every time I page the slide, just... You can see it, right? <laughs> okay, so um, if I have to just reflect on the word peace, my idea of peace has drastically changed over the last year. So about a year ago, my idea of peace would 100% be December holidays because that's the only holiday I have. So I teach at Durban Girls High School. And normally we have four holidays a year. Ha ha, three. No, mm-mm, two, no, one. I have one holiday a year. So um, if you think that I'm crazy if I say that, no, I'm not. Normally we prep in the other three holidays. December times is the only time that I get to rest. So for me, peace equaled December holidays. Now, peace looks a little bit different to me. So for me, peace is two eyes blinking very, very, very slowly, her grubby hands reaching, and then lean over to her dad and ask him to put her to sleep. (laughs) That gives me two extra minutes of peace to the two hours that she will, maybe two hours that she will sleep. So that's peace to me now. So If you now need to think what peace means to you, it's going to be different from my idea of peace because our worldviews are different. Our ideas of where we are in our current space and time is different. So your peace might actually mean that you get two minutes to go to the loo in peace. So no one calling you. If you're a parent, you'll know this. So running to the loo and just sitting there for two minutes without anyone calling you. That's peace for some of us. Or if you're Neil, peace is the smell of freshly baked bread after you spent hours prepping it. That's peace for Neil. Or 
the peace of radio is just peace to Neil. <laughs> or if you have been fighting with someone for a couple of years and you finally get to have peace between the two of you and you reconcile, that might be peace to you. But our ideas of peace are completely different. And you now might, might think, like, why are you making me think on a Sunday morning of what peace means to me? It's because I'm a teacher and you, I, I can't be here alone doing everything. You need to do something as well. Okay, so that's normally how it works in a class. So I, I'm here so that you can also think. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So um, I just wanted to actually have us think about our idea of peace um, because our ideas of peace differ. And in this time where we are now, we are living in such a time of anxiety. Everything makes us feel anxious, which is the complete opposite of peace. So peace is, is our ideas of peace are vastly different. And in this day and age, it, it just doesn't seem like it, it seems to be peaceful all the time. So um, even as I read the scripture, if I put myself in my shoes now and in my shoes, if I was in the time where the scripture was written, my idea of peace would have differed then as well because it depends on where you are in life. Okay, so before I just dig into the scripture itself, I just wanted to kind of put everything in context. Um, so the scripture was written by Isaiah himself. Not much is known about the man Isaiah. Okay, so most of the times um, the prophets that wrote books are not very well known, but the ones who did not write books are very well known. So Isaiah kind of falls in the category of not much is known about him, but a lot can be assumed out of his scriptures of who he was and what he did. So um, he was probably a pretty wealthy, educated man um, who had access to the kings. So he was probably of some kind of a relative of a king somewhere because he had direct access to them. So in that time, you can't just go to a king and like have conversation with him. It wasn't done. But he had direct access to them, which makes us think that he had some kind of a relative connection there. And um, he is a prophet, which means that he also had direct contact with God. So he was in direct conversation with God himself. Um, so the prophecies that Isaiah made, if you read through the book of Isaiah, it's about 40 years worth of prophecy. So that's quite a lot of, of word given in the time where he was prophet. And um, that just kind of gives us a pretty basic backdrop of who he was, just so that you can bear that in mind as I'm going along. Keep in mind that he's a prophet. He's in a time where Judah is kind of at its peak. People are pretty wealthy, pretty educated, but they're on a decline. Okay, so that's kind of the backdrop of this message. So in Isaiah 9 verse 6, he is giving us a message of hope. Um, but this is not just a message of hope. It's also a little bit of a message of caution. Um, and what happens here is there's a promise that 
there would be a Messiah that's coming. And um, Isaiah then names this Messiah, or the scripture said that a child is born unto us. So this child, he gives a few names. He calls him Wonderful. He calls him Counselor. He calls him Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. If I read those words, it literally it gives me goosebumps on my skull and all the way through to my soul. Like, imagine if someone called you wonderful or counselor. It's, it's, it's really nice names to be called. But the one name that we are going to just park on for now is Prince of Peace. So, Prince of Peace. So, if I actually have to think about that word peace, um, peace and this time of the year kind of doesn't sit well together for most people. It's such an anxiety-filled time. A lot of us, if you're like me and Don, we're not going anywhere this holiday because we just physically can't afford to go anywhere. We're saving up for a wedding. Um, Don's brother's getting married in Feb, so we have to save up. We can't really go anywhere. So there's no prospect of family coming. Um, for other people, it just might mean that you're missing another Christmas with your kids because for the so manyth time in a row, you have to work on Christmas Day. So it's, it's just such an anxiety-filled time. If you go look at the stats for this time of the year, it's incredible how many people don't actually find Christmas time as a happy time, as a peaceful time. They find it anxiety-filled. It's, it's not necessarily a nice place to be, but Isaiah gives us the Prince of Peace. He gives us that promise. But if we want to understand what it means to be the Prince of Peace, we need to look at that word peace in its original native Hebrew word, which is shalom. And if you look at the word shalom, it means, in our modern context, peace would be the absence of conflict, right? But if we look at the word shalom, there's just so much more to that word. Peace is just absence of conflict. But shalom means life as it was intended by God. That's what shalom means. Or um, Jam gave me a really nice um, definition of shalom, which is nothing missing nothing broken. So if you put those two words now, prince of nothing missing, nothing broken, it just, it all encompasses everything. It just makes it so much better than just the word peace. Prince of, what did I say? Absence of conflict is very shallow. But prince of nothing broken, nothing missing. It's just so much more. So um, this is, it's, it's like a completeness, a wholeness. It makes everything feel whole and complete. There's nothing missing, there's nothing broken, and it's just so incredibly beautiful. But then if we kind of look at this as a whole, life as it was intended by God, Jesus didn't actually come to bring us peace now. Okay, so I'm going to... Just read something out of Matthew 10, verse 34 to 35, where Jesus says the following to just kind of put the nail in the coffin as to God didn't come for peace now. He says, do not think that I came to bring peace, but a sword. 
For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. That's Jesus saying this. And then I'm like, Anaripa, seriously, is this the Christmas message you're bringing? Is this the Advent thing that you want to bring? Is Jesus didn't come for peace. Yeah, great. That's not the message I came for. Just hold on to your horses. I promise there is a silver lining. Okay, so, ooh, that's fine. Um, it's not the message we hope for, but I, I, I'm sure there, there will be a, a silver lining. And after I read that passage, or that, that part and passage, I was in such conflict with Jesus. I literally had this massively heated conversation with Jesus. I'm like, are you seriously saying that you are the Prince of Peace right after this? Like, you say that you're going to turn a, a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law against each other, and I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> like, why would you want to do that to me? And, and it's, it's not just God has a plan. Okay, there's a purpose to this. And... All of this is kind of the opposite to what I've been saying all this time. Sorry, I do in fact need that paper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm I'm now incredibly frustrated with with Jesus, and and I really don't like him at this stage. I feel like I want to just take that part of the Bible and rip it up, because then it's not there. So if you now, in your mind, I have a beautiful slide up here of the Garden of Eden. Okay, can you see the garden, all the beautiful green leaves? There's no brown leaves. Nothing's dying. It's just, it's beautiful. The apples are red. There's no, like, rotten birds. It's just, it's beautiful. You're lying in the long grass. Garden of Eden. Okay, do you feel peace? Okay, that's what God intended, is that feeling of absolute peace. In that time... There was peace. There was complete shalom in the Garden of Eden. Until Eve decided she's going to share that beautiful red apple with her hubby. Okay, so then everything just, everything changed in that moment. And we have this kind of feeling of jam has taught us so well anticlimax. We have that complete sense of anticlimax again. God comes to earth, the scripture says, the prince of peace is going to be born unto us. And then he says, I'm not going to bring you peace now. I'm going to bring you a sword. And then we kind of have this feeling of beautiful fruits that we can eat and then they rot. Or we step into this beautiful new job and we hate it. So there's always this sense of tugging between I have peace and then I don't. And then I have peace and then I don't. But If we go back to the scripture, I need to encourage you to go through Isaiah. It's such a cool book. You're going to be confused and it's going to be great. See, anticlimax. It's going to be lovely and then you're going to hate it. But it's a really good book because it has all of these beautiful promises. Like the Prince of Peace. There's a promise that there will be a Prince of Peace. The Jews really thought that on Palm Sunday, Jesus was going to come riding on a donkey and he was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. 
but he didn't. He didn't. He went right up and got himself nailed to a cross for us. He went all that way, bringing hope, and then he died for us. I know that, again, there's that tug. But Jesus came for a reason, and he wanted us to kind of get that idea of peace and then not. So a while ago, if I have to go down in, in, in history now again, six months ago, I had to go back to work after being on maternity leave for six months, um, where I had to spend time with Dawn. I got to know my daughter so well after she was born. It was such a lovely, peaceful time. Then I had to go back to work. And I was incredibly, incredibly anxious in this space because I really, I was so unsure about what was going to happen now. I felt so vulnerable in that space. And I luckily have one colleague who is also a Christian, and I oftentimes reflect with her. And she told me to pray about this. And I also went to life group. And my life group members prayed with me about this. And during the year, I got these tiny little glimpses of peace where it's just small little victories. And all of these small little victories kind of made me think about that um, scripture in Mark 4, verse 37 to 41. I'll read it to you now, where the disciples were with Jesus in the boat and they were in a storm. I just want to read that scripture. um, I'm reading the um, NIV version because I just think this just explains this tug so well. So a furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. You can almost see Jesus just lying there, all peaceful, sleeping. The waves are crashing. Disciples are running around. Like, ah, we're going to drown. Anyway, um, sleeping on his cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind. And said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. And I think in that moment, I just realized that Yes, Jesus did say that he was not going to be the Prince of Peace now. But he does give us hope for glimpses, tiny little moments of what the peace is going to be like when we get to heaven with him, when we are reconciled with him. He gives us these very chaotic moments in life where things are just an utter and complete turmoil because that's just what the broken world is like here. This is what it is when sin came into the world with that beautiful red apple, okay? Stuff changed, but there are these tiny little moments of hope that we get, and that gives us a glimpse of what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. And I think that is what we are aiming at. That's what we're looking at in this time. 
while we are looking forward to the birth of Jesus, while we are reflecting on this time where we are sometimes incredibly anxious and we feel like there's so much going on and we don't have that inner peace, that shalom, that nothing broken, nothing missing. That is actually something that we yearn for. But God gives us these tiny opportunities where we get to see what it's going to be like. And he leaves us with that so that we can have hope for the future with him. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. As we look ahead in this time and we anticipate to celebrate this beautiful birth of the child of Jesus, he wants us to actually just go back to him and ask. One thing that I think was very clear to me in this message with the disciples was that they woke Jesus up. They woke him up and told him, we are afraid. I am anxious. I'm going to drown. Please, will you save us? And he did. He spoke to the waves. He spoke to the wind. And it calmed down. So I want to encourage you, in this time where things are chaotic and there is no shalom, ask. The disciples needed to wake him up. Wake him up. Go back to your relationship. Wake it up. Go back to Jesus. Just ask and he will give. So there is a sense of peace coming and he wants that for us. And I just want to close for us. Thank you, Lord, that in this time of utter and complete chaos where my English keeps failing me and there's anxiety in our hearts and where we kind of sometimes feel like we're drowning in the boat, that if we ask and we wake up our relationship with you, you bring peace. You will speak to the storm. You will speak to the wind and tell it to be quiet. Just be quiet. And everything will settle back down into you, Lord. Thank you, God, that in this time of turmoil where politics are not going the way we want it, our finances are very scarce, our, our hope for the future looks terrible to us. Lord, in you, there is permanent peace when we will get to you one day. Thank you, Lord, that when we ask, you give. And that in this time where it, it feels like we, we are in this tug between chaos and peace, hearing you, not hearing you, having a relationship with you and then turning away again. Thank you, Lord, that you are always constant and that in you nothing is broken and nothing is missing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.